You are listening to a message from Victory Alabang. Get the latest updates by visiting victoryalabang.org or like us on facebook.com slash victoryalabang. We are in the seventh installment of our series entitled 10, The Perfect Law is also uh, the perfect love of God because the perfect law was uh, really uh, compensated and met by the perfect love of God. And God expressed His love both in His covenant with the uh, uh, Jewish nation and the death of Jesus Christ. And a lot of us here for the past few years, probably just like me growing up, uh, I struggled to adhere my life to the commandments of God, and I am guaranteed to fail. And over and over again, I want to follow the commandments of God. How many of you here can relate with me? We did try our best to follow the commandments of God, but uh, to no avail, we will falter, we will fail, and we know that we're guaranteed, really, uh, not to even um, enjoy the opportunity of following the laws of God. And when I came to know the Lord, I realized that there is only one man who fulfilled all the law. He came not to abolish the law, but to fulfill the law. And when I realize that Christ in behalf of all of us fulfilled the law, I can turn to Christ. So the Word of God uh, states that indeed the commandments uh, are given for our protection, but more than just our protection, which will be part of my discussion tonight, is for all of us to use it as a mirror. That when you see the, war, uh, the, the commandments of God and you know you will fail, there's no other way but to turn to the Lord Jesus Christ who fulfilled it all. This is why it is important that the commandments should not just be uh, the basis of how God will approve and accept of us. And a lot of religious people would always tell me, even growing up, that in order for God to love me and accept of me and acknowledge me and approve of me, I need to follow the commandments of God. Remember this, when you realize and you're fascinated with what Jesus did on the cross, you can't help but follow the, 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 the laws of God. And remember that at the end of the day, the reason why we perform, because we are just fascinated with Jesus Christ. At the end of the day, you need to understand why you're doing what you're doing. Hindi po po pwedeng that you are doing things because it is just uh, really a requirement. Because at the end of the day, uh, you can fulfill all the requirements, but, but after a week, you don't have the sustaining power to continue living the life that God has for you. And when you realize that God did everything in the cross, you have now the sustaining power to live a godly life. So we're not performing in order for us to win the approval of God. We are approved by God, thus we perform. Do you understand? This is why I'm excited for the, the commandments of the Lord because indeed God, the commandments of God are perfect and more than just the, 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 the commandments of God is indeed God went out of His way, sent His Son to meet uh, the, the demands of the law through His Son, Jesus Christ. This is why I'm obeying God and I have a realization that apart from Christ, I can't obey because of what Jesus did on the cross. And the cross is a powerful picture of God's unchanging love. He loves us so much that though we don't love God and we don't have the capacity to love God, yet God said in His Word that while we are still sinners, Christ died for us. God's love for all of us is unchanging, unfailing, whether we love Him in return or not. Isn't it amazing? That is the true sense of love. That a lot of people would always tell me, if you love the, uh, the other person, you respond uh, to the love that he has given you. And that's, that's pretty uh, uh, probably accurate. But love is not something that you demand that the person, the other party, will return whatever you've given. God is not like that. He loves us so much, period. Even you return the favor, even though you return his love, or not at all, he loves us unconditionally. How many of you here are thankful that we have a great God like that? Amen. Can we give God a glory? This is why I'm excited, okay? Uh, to, to really start the week in, with, with the 7 uh, p.m. Saturday service because, because I know that you, you do understand really the gospel. That our reactions, our responses has a lot to do with uh, who God is and how He has loved His people. This is why when the Lord chose the people of Israel and saved them from slavery, covenants, if you don't understand, at times can be uh, in a way threatening. Why uh, do uh, God have to provide a covenant or the commandments or the rules if He knows that I'm not going to uh, I, I can't. I can fulfill it. I can follow it. And and for some of us here, the reason why you're like that because you don't understand why God gave the commandments. And I realized, just like what I mentioned about two, three weeks ago, that why would God give the commandments if He knows we're going to fail? Why would God give the commandments if He knows that we will falter? Because you don't really understand the context why God gave the commandments. Remember, God gave the commandments not because He doesn't have anything to do. Yung panginoon hindi siya wala siyang ginagawa sa langit. Yung ano kaya pwede gawin? That's not God. Okay, God gave the commandments from the posture of His relationship with His own people. How many of you here you are in a relationship? Raise your hand. Whether you're married, you have a boyfriend, you have a girlfriend. How many of you here? It's complicated. It's complicated. Okay, and then. I hope it's not complicated. We are in a relationship. And when you have a relationship, your goal is to protect the relationship. Am I correct? Right, Pastor King? 
My point is, when you're in a relationship, you want to protect the relationship. And the reason why God gave the commandments is because He wants to protect the relationship with, 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 with His own people. And, and, and that is my desire, the reason why a lot of people would ask me, why do you, and, and a, a lot of my friends, okay, in the past would always ask me, how come you, you don't migrate to pornographic sites, okay? Now, people would ask me, I don't know if, if you're familiar, uh, what a pornographic site is. How many of you are familiar? Oh, I just want to check if, if you're familiar, okay? You know that, that, that there is one, okay? And, and to make a long story short, I don't go to the pornographic sites because I want to protect my relationship with my wife. Do you understand this? Okay, I, I'm not afraid of her, but I, I, of course I am. But my point is, not, more than just being afraid, I want to I wanna protect our relationship. And, and by allowing things that might not really help a relationship, down the road, it, it can destroy my relationship with her and the way I view her, the way she views me. And to make a long story short, covenants and rules are given from the posture of our love for one another. Apart from... Uh, uh, God's love from us, we will never see God's commandments as an expression of His love. If you don't understand that people like us, we have now a covenant with God through the death of Jesus Christ, we will never appreciate the rules of God. Because rules, okay, is the byproduct of how love, uh, how well you love, uh, and how you would want to love the person, and how you would want to really protect the, re the relationship that you have with that person. So I hope you do understand that commandments are beautiful because it is an expression of God's love for His people. And the beauty of this, if, uh, uh, if we know, and we know and we, we have, uh, we're familiar, that we don't have what it takes to follow the commandments of God. Again, because of His love, He provided the Lord Jesus Christ. What a beautiful picture of God's love for us, that His love is indeed perfect, unconditional, and unchanging. So as we dive right now into the very heart of our message in Exodus chapter 20, verse 1 to 17, I hope you have a Bible right now. Verse 1, And God spoke all these words, saying, I am the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery. You shall have no other gods before me. You shall not make for yourself a carved image or any likeness of anything that is in heaven above or that is in the earth beneath, or that is in the water under the earth. You shall not bow down to them or serve them. For I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God, visiting the iniquity of the fathers on the children to the third and the fourth generation of those who hate me, but showing steadfast love to thousands of those who love me and keep my commandments. Wow. Verse 7, You shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain, for the Lord will not hold him guiltless who take his name in vain. Remember the Sabbath day to keep it, Holy, six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you shall not or do any work, you or your son or your daughter, your male servant or your female servant, or your livestock, or the sojourner who is within your gates. For in six days the Lord made heaven and earth, the sea, and all that is in them, and rested on the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. Honor your father and your mother, that your days may belong in the land that the Lord your God is giving you. You shall not murder, you shall not steal, you shall not bear false witness against your neighbor. You shall not covet your neighbor's house, you shall not covet your neighbor's wife, or his male servant, or his female servant, or his ox, or his donkey, or anything that is your neighbor's. Wow. Okay, are you blessed? I know that you're, you're, you're happy. Can we just take this time right now to just bow our heads and close our eyes? Heavenly Father, thank you for this opportunity once again that you have given us your word. And I pray right now that your word, Lord God, will cause us, Lord God, to do things, Lord God, based on your love for us. Thank you for, indeed, your word, Lord God, is alive and it's living and it's active, Lord God. It will change our hearts for your glory and your honor. Thank you that your presence is in our midst, Lord God. And we just can't help, Lord God, but be amazed of what you've done, and what you're about to do. In Jesus' mighty name, amen and amen. The seventh commandment says you shall not commit adultery. The question we need to ask ourselves, where adultery begins and how destructive it is. And a lot of us here were familiar that indeed adultery is wrong, that adultery is not of God, that adultery is dishonoring before God, and it is not pleasing before the Lord. But a lot of us here, we think that, yes, I do know, Really, that adultery is strong. But the impact and the gravity of adultery is something that at times we are, are, are desensitized of. When I say desensitized, you're not, you're not sensitive anymore. It's happening left and right. It's happening in my uh, family, in, 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 in uh, the lives of my office mates. Uh, it's happening, and I just can't even understand if there is such thing as uh, really um, a marriage that is centered on God. And I know a lot of us here, we beg to disagree, because at the end of the day, we know that it's possible for a marriage to what? To be what? To be, to be uh, centered 
in, in the Lord Jesus Christ, and it will uh, really it will it will be dedicated only for His glory. But when you you talk to the people in the world, that's not really the case. And a lot of people that I've talked to, as long as your motives are good, everything will work out fine. I've talked to a lot of people. I mean, my motive is that the reason why I'm in this, I'm 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 just befriending this person because we're just friends. But but motives at times are are good, but this will not help you protect yourself from what can possibly ruin your life. How many of you here honestly can honestly tell me that before, okay, your 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 motives are good, uh, your agendas are great, but but it, it it's not enough to protect you from what the world has to offer. There are well-meaning people, and yet because uh, they don't really understand the destruction of adultery, they aren't able to really prepare themselves properly. So therefore, good motives are not enough. Amen. And a lot of us. We have, our, we are also guilty. As long as my motive is okay, I'm, I'm fine. I, I don't think that, that, that scripture or passage is for me. I'm not an adulterer. But I want you to understand that, that in, in the Old Testament, God says that do not commit adultery. When you affiliate with a woman, not your wife. When you have sex with a person, not your wife, you all, uh, you are an adulterer. Or you're having sex with somebody you're not married with, you're in a relationship, boyfriend, girlfriend, and, and, and you uh, affiliate and you're intimate with each other, and, and you uh, go all the way and you're not married, that is fornication, that is still a strike against God, or a strike against you. Make a long story short, there, there's a greater probability, and it's happening not here in this gathering. It's happening outside of this gathering, okay? We're, we're a group of pure and holy people created for His glory. Amen? <laughs> and, and that's what the Old Testament says, that, that when you uh, sexually affiliate yourself with somebody, not your wife, you're committing adultery. And a lot of us here were saying we've repented of it, and I'm not an adulterer pastor. I'm not committing the act. But remember, if you take a closer look at the Old Testament, it says you need to commit the act in order for you to be an adulterer. Same thing with murder about a week ago. You have to kill somebody in order for you to be a murderer, right? Right, in the Old Testament. But in the New Testament, a lot of us here probably would sit back, relax, and enjoy. Because I think that I'm not an adulterer, I'm not a murderer. But remember, the New Testament is the grace era. Am I correct? So a lot of people I've talked to, they said, there's just so much grace. Let me continue to live in sin because... This is an era of the grace of God. God is good and loving. Am I correct? But remember, the New Testament says in Matthew 5.27, before we flip, okay, in that chapter, when you think of a woman lustfully, you are committing adultery. You don't have to act upon it. If you're angry in your heart, you're murdering somebody. Therefore, God brought the commandments and Jesus Christ brought the commandments one level higher. Right? So the demands in the New Testament are far greater than the Old Testament. I wish I was born in the Old Testament. Am I correct? Why? Because I'm almost perfect. I have, if, if I, I'm telling you right now. But, but the, the, the book of Matthew says right here, in verse 27, you have heard that it was said, you shall not commit adultery. But I say to you that everyone who looks at a woman with lustful intent has already committed adultery with her in her, his heart. So if I'm staring at a woman, like this woman, I'm staring at her, am I committing adultery? Yes or no? Why? She's my wife, of course, okay? Some of you are not familiar, okay? She's my wife, okay? But at the end of the day, there are certain things that, that, that we do that when we look at somebody lustfully, we're committing adultery because adultery begins in the heart. And, and why would people uh, go to that extent? Why? Why? Because when you go to the extent and you look at a woman lustfully and you're, you, you, you think a woman is just a piece of meat or you're a woman and you look at another woman, with, like, remember, okay? And if you're a man, the same thing. I mean, uh, you look at another man just like a piece of meat, okay? Uh, of course, there's something wrong with your heart. You're looking for something that will pacify something that you lack in your system, right? If you don't lack anything in your system, you would never go out of your way and lust over a woman. Am I correct? Even if you're married, I thought if you get married, that, that, can so, that will solve your problem. If your heart is not right, it, it, will, it, will not just, it will not solve the problem. It will worsen the problem. So what's my, my, my point here? There is something wrong in our hearts that we go out of our way to pacify it and visit pornographic sites. Or probably if you see a woman, okay, you begin to fantasize about, another, uh, about a woman or, or a, a, a poster in a magazine. And, and at times, we, we reason with ourselves, there, it's harmless. I'm not hurting anyone. The Bible says you are looking at the woman lustfully. You are an adulterer. And the reason why I'm saying these things, because there are things in our hearts that are lacking. And we would want to pacify these things with what? 
with fantasizing men and women. And that desire and longing is something that only Christ can fulfill. Because if you're satisfied with Christ, you will not go out of your way and fantasize other things. And I have been using this, this line, Mahirap pakainin ang busog. Have you tried eating and then you're, you're, you're about to explode and you still eat? No matter how sumptuous the meal is, I will not eat because I'm full. And in the same manner, the reason why you're going out of your way, and I know some of you here, you, you find this valid, the reason why your wife or your husband would, would find another person because somebody pacifies her what? Her longings and her desires. But that's not a reason why you need to really what? You need to, 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 uh, to accommodate extramarital affairs in your life. My point for saying this, if you're not satisfied with Christ, you will always be hooked in pornography. You will always be hooked with, with, with fantasizing. Because adultery and adultery is one and the same. In fact, adultery is idolatry. That you worship something that will pacify your passions and your longings that you can only find in Christ. Some of you here, probably this is not your struggle. Okay? But you fantasize on, on your meal tonight. <laughs> And that's gluttony. That, that, can, that can be your idol side by side. Okay? With how it can compete with God. There are a lot of things that compete with the Lord. This is why we need to ask ourselves, do we really understand what adultery is? Because adultery begins in the heart. Remember this. It doesn't begin with the person beside you. Where does it begin? With, with my mom. Okay, no. With my brother. No. In your heart. And we will talk about this because at the end of the day, the Bible is clear that everything that comes out of our heart determines our life. This is why this is important. Whatever is in your heart, no matter how you would want to change yourself, if your issues and the issues in your heart okay, are not addressed, corrected, no matter how you would want to put on those makeups and you dress well, okay, that will eventually come out. Because the heart of the issue is the issue of the galing Who's I? Okay, the heart of the issue is the issue of the heart. This is why in the book of Proverbs chapter 4, verse 23, it says right here, guard your heart above all else for it determines the course of your life. You protect it. I don't know if you're familiar with this passage. That it represents somebody guarding a property. Do you guard your, your money? Yes. Do you guard your jewelries? Yes. Some of you know, because I don't have any jewelry. I mean, of course, okay? Do you, do you guard your, your possessions? Yes, because you know it's important. My question with you right now, do, do you guard your heart? Because if you don't guard your heart, it can ruin your life. And the greatest lie of the enemy is that that's okay, you'll be fine. Your motives are okay. You're getting me all wrong. The enemy wants to tell you everything is okay, and he will not tell you that you will not sin. It will not destroy your life. But the enemy will bring you to what? To the cliff. And before you know it, you're done. You're finished. The enemy will not cause you to wake up one morning with a demonic voice right in front of you. <laughs> I want you to sin. The enemy will in a subtle way move you towards where he wants you to be. This is why it is important that we need to guard our hearts. And there's no other way. If you're not reading your Bible, you're simply saying, I'm not guarding my heart. Because if you don't uphold God's word in your heart, something will uphold your heart. If you don't fill your heart with God's word, something will fill your heart. This is one of the things I've, I realized. How many of you here, you're married? Married, Rachel, and if you're married. If you're married, I'm telling you right now, it's important that I need to date my wife. You know why? Because if I don't date my wife, the day will come that I will date someone. It's a default. Yeah. How many of you here, you don't have, you don't have to tell me that, that your, your, your breath smells bad if you don't brush your teeth. You have, to pull, you have to brush it every day because there's a propensity probability for it to smell. To smell? Can you exhale right now with a person? Uh, no, 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 no. Why? Because at the end of the day, the reason why I'm always guarding my heart because I know it has the probability, the tendency to entertain a lot of things. And a lot of you here are familiar with this. When you're, when you're seated at home and you're, you have nothing to do, how many of you can relate with me? Before you, after, after 30 minutes, you're sitting against God. When, 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 when you're just resting. There's nothing wrong with that. When you're really seated and there's, there's no purpose at all. 
And that's what we need to always be cautious of and conscious of. In the same chapter, if your right eye causes you to sin. Okay, why, why, why the right eye? I don't know, but my point is, whether that's right or left. Okay, that's new pastor, huh? Wala lang, okay? It's right or left causes you to sin, tear it out and throw it away. So tonight, I want you to go home and, 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 and gouge it out. No, no, no. no, no I don't want to be grotesque here. The, the passage in the scripture is simply saying, this is how important it is. That if you have to cut it, remove it, you have to do it. Because if not, if you don't address this, it can destroy your body. For it is better that you lose one of your members than that your whole body be thrown into hell. This is how important it is. So not just your what? Your heart. You have to guard your heart. But you need to what? To guard your eye. Adultery enters the eye. And a lot of you here, you love to stare at women. It's not harming me, but I'm telling you right now. That's adultery. If you look at a woman for the first time, that's not adultery. That's appreciation. You appreciate it. But for the second time, that's adultery. Because you're, you're what? You're, you're having immoral thoughts with that person. I mean, how many of you here, you will agree with me? A lot of you here will not agree with me. How many of you here, you have given a, a 380-year-old, not human being, okay? Or human being, a second looking. You don't, you would never, why? Because, okay, I don't think she's worth the loss. And, and that's not the main point here. The main point here is that there is this propensity for us to take a closer look. And second look, that's, that's just appreciate. No, 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 no. Without you knowing it, there is, there is loss in your heart. And that is something that we need to be watchful of, that you don't have to commit the act. Before you know it, you're staring at a lot of people. You're staring at a lot of, of, of women. Before you know it, you wake up, you're staring at a lot of men. You're, sta- so you're staring. Why? Because you have, you have already created a habit. It has been a routine. And before you know it, you're not staring. You're holding. Before you know it, you're not holding. You're touching. Before you know it, you're naked. Why? Because that's how the enemy would want us. He wants to nudge us slowly. And, and the reason why I'm pretty clear here, because this is happening. We can't just say and stand, you praise the Lord, hallelujah, oh God, you're good. It's happening out there. It's a fight. And the reason why I'm so serious with this and I'm driven with my message, because I'm a product of a family. I'm not blaming my parents. I was born out of wedlock and I, I just hate the whole idea. And I made a decision. I want to marry one person. I want to be with her for the rest of my life. I will not, I will not entertain another girl because I can't even contain one. <laughs> yes, honey, because she's too amazing for me. Amen? <laughs> so I have made a covenant with my eyes. <laughs> How then could I gaze at a virgin? It's a decision that I, I will not look at a woman lustfully. But a lot of us here, we have this, what I call bouncing eyes. When you look at a woman, pirated CD. Why? Because, again, you have lust in your heart. I mean, haven't you given it a thought how evil our hearts are, our eyes are? That you have a wife and you, stare, and you still stare at a woman? I mean, when you're driving your car, you're talking to your wife, suddenly your head turns and stretching lang you're gonna you're, 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 because there is there is something in your heart that you have to be on guard it is just a matter of time if the enemy can enter your 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 eyes he'll enter your heart and before you know it you're doing it this is what matthew five thirty is telling us same chapter and if your right hand causes you to sin cut it off and throw it away for it is better that you lose one of your members than that your whole body go into hell so adultery is not just your eyes your heart but your body it's displayed in your in your in your body you sow a thought, what? You reap what? An attitude. And your, your, your destiny is affected. It starts with a thought, and before you know, uh, before you know it, I mean, you're, you're acting upon it. This is how adultery would want you to, to move. And, and adultery will never tell you that's, that's harmless. It's just a lustful thought. It's just, like, it's just like a picture in the lighter. It's just kissing scenes in the movies. I would always, my wife and I, we made decision. We're kissing, but I'm telling you right now, when we see kissing scenes, we, we don't. Because you don't share that with the public. It's, it's your moment and, and your time together. Sex is not something that you video yourself and tell the whole world. This is how we do sex. Why? 
Because at the end of the day, you need to understand that's your, that's your covenant, that's your relationship. It has to be what? It has to be exclusive. If you have a relationship with somebody, how many of you here, I've been saying, saying and saying this illustration and I've been using this in order to hammer a point. If you are in a relationship, for the last time, can you raise your hand? You're in a relationship. In a relationship, in a relationship, you're married, you have a boyfriend. It's complicated. <laughs> if you are in a relationship, I've been asking people, how many of you here would, would, would agree with me? If your partner would tell you, can, can I just have 10 minutes of my time with another girl or another guy? Just for 10 minutes. Will you allow your partner to do so? 10 minutes long. I'll bring it further. 5 minutes to be with someone. What? Oh, no. No. Okay. Uh, 5 minutes. 5 minutes. Come on now. You have the entire week with that person. Okay. I'm begging you. 1 minute. No. Why? Because the goal is really exclusivity. Marriage is exclusive. It is sacred. It's a covenant. You don't share it with anyone. That's the reason why when we're when we're when we're, we see in the movies and we can run away from it, people are kissing. We don't we don't want to share that. It's theirs. But people feel like that that, that that's part of how I should entertain people. But at the end of the day, I'm I'm cautious. I conscious uh, I'm conscious and cautious even with with the way I relate with the opposite sex. I don't get okay. I don't get in a car alone with another woman. And I appreciate my son. His name is Benjamin. He's 10. The other day, I, I brought one of our visitors with my kids, of course, um, and, and a woman outside of our village to ride a car. You know what my son did? He opened the, the passenger seat. Not in front, but at the back. Because we have drawn the line and we have talked. The day will come, you'll be driving your car, son. I want you to make this spot beside you available for your wife and no one else. What, is there a problem with that? Asking another girl to sit beside me, there's nothing wrong with that. But I'm telling you right now, there's nothing wrong, but it's my highway to hell. I look up here for a while. I'm a good person. But you put a woman in the next 20, 30 a day by my side, I'm done. And some of you are, I'm telling you right now, the reason why I'm like this is because I know myself. And if, if you're telling me you're a good person, wait until you're exposed to temptation. I mean, you will see the devil in you. Yeah. I remember when I was in college, I have this crush for when I was in front. She's beautiful. She's a singer. She, she's, I mean, she's an angel. I mean, I don't know if, if that's biblical, okay? I had a crush on her. Because I'm a believer, I, I do understand that it's not time for me to be in a relationship. My, my priorities are my, my, the things and, and my studies and, and the things that, that the Lord is doing in my, in my life. There was this last year in, uh, of, of, of uh, our, our thesis year, four years into this degree. And, and my classmates began to uh, get drunk. And of course, I, I, I do understand my limits. I did, I'm not drinking. I would just around to fellowship and to connect with them. And she's drunk and she started con confiding uh, her, her concerns with me. And she started to be emotional and she started crying. And she started unbuttoning her, her dress. Man, there was just electricity all over my body. I, I would be a hypocrite if, if I would tell you I'm, I'm, I was holy then and in Jesus' name, I command you. <laughs> you know what I told the devil? I told the devil, I want you to push me. And then, no, no, no. <laughs> and I, I, was, I was trained that if I see things like that, your response is to run away. We'll talk more about this. But I realized one thing in my heart, that my body is not intended for her. It's intended for my future wife. <laughs> Having said that, you know what? I mean, it's, it's intended for, for my future wife. But, but I have to, to, to leave the scene. I have to leave that because I'm telling right now, there's just, I don't know why, I'm, 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 I can't control myself. Four years that once in a while I would stare at her. Do you understand that? But I realize that I'm not, I don't own myself. I'm possessed by God. And this is what is written in Romans chapter 12, verse 1. I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God. Your body is not your property. It is the property of God. 
And when you know one thing, I realize when you dedicate your body to God, once you dedicate your body to God, He possesses, He owns it, and He'll take care of it. He'll take care of your life. And when I realized that, I, I just paused for a while. And you know what, what I, 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 I said to myself? I prayed to God at that moment, at that very moment where I was about to be tempted. You know what I, I told me? Uh, you know what I prayed for? I paused for a while, closed my eyes, and said, Jesus, I can't even utter prayers because I, I, I feel the urge. But I'm telling you right now, this is not my property. So I have to walk away. And a lot of us here, we need to understand this. We will talk further. There's no other way but to run away. This is why a lot of us here, when we suffer and we go through temptations, uh, we, we really uh, are, are struggling. And, and you've, been, you've been in church for quite some time, and, and every single day you encounter things, and you, you're confronted by a lot of things, a lot of, of videos, movies, posters. I mean... Uh, I, I, the other day, I was just checking my, my, my account, and again, there's, there's a pornographic picture. I, I'm connected not just with people in church, but a lot of friends in the past. I mean, left and right. And I realized the first year of my walk with God, somebody told me, if you're a Christian, you do what is right. You live a pure and holy life. You need to be a good boy. You need to be a good person. You need to do what is right. You know, I, at the back of my mind, he's just telling me to be good. He doesn't understand what I'm going through. How many of you here can relate with me? People can tell us to do what is good, but in, uh, uh, really, in, in the world we're living in, it's not that easy. How many of you can... Dalawa lang kami, okay? Kanina sa 5 p.m., tatlo kami. Okay? I was demoted, okay? How many of you here, honestly, at the back of your mind, Pastor, you're just telling me to walk in purity and holiness, but the world I'm in is different. Raise your hand. Right? All of us, right? And I'm telling you right now, that was my concern. That was my dilemma about, about 23 years ago. Somebody approached me and be a good person. I can't be a good person. I'm evil. Think of pure things, happy thoughts. Sing Hakuna Matana. Do not worry. Is that from the Bible? Hakuna Matata. I mean, these are the things that, that, that was, but at the back of my mind, I cannot. I'm always tempted. And you know, the other swing of this is that if people will discover, ano na kayang, ano na kayang sasabihin nila? And I'm so, if, if, if I'm attending victory and they discover what's running in my mind, oh no. How many of you here can relate with me? Yeah, I'm part of a small group and if people will know I'm a Christian and the way I live my life, we're so consumed how to act properly. We're so focused on, on what we can accomplish. And I'm telling you right now, the motivation is totally wrong. Don't be self-focused. To do what is right, to do what is proper, to do what is good, to, what, to do what, what, what pleases men. Because the more you do that, the more you commit the sin. Because it's not about you, it's about the grace of God. Your job is not to be amazing because God is already amazing. Your job is to know that God is amazing and because God is amazing, you can do what is proper, what is pleasing, what is honorable. And you know what I've discovered? This is important. Before you leave, it will change your life. Okay? What I've discovered is that I know a lot of you here are familiar with this. That to, to live a pure and holy life, to say no to sin, is for you to walk in the grace of God. Don't be surprised if I'm moving. I will repeat this over and over again. But the first thing you need to understand is that you need to walk in the grace of God. What's the grace of God? The grace of God is God's unmerited. Unmerited. I know. Flavor. Okay, okay. Unmerited favor. Okay? Unmerited favor. That's, that's what we know. 98% of Christians all over the world, they believe that the grace of God is God's unmerited favor, which is totally correct. But you miss the whole thing. In fact, that's only half of the story. If you check the Bible, if you check the different references, yes, it is God's unmerited favor. Can you say amen? But you know what? If you check Second Corinthians chapter... 12 verse 9, uh, chapter 12, verse 9. But he said to me, Paul was, was talking here. You know, you know who told him okay, about this? That my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. You know who told him? Who? Christ. Because it's, it's written in red letters. Paul was simply saying, Christ told me that, that the grace of God is what? is the power, the divine power to overcome. Hindi lang pala siya unmerited favor. It's the power to overcome. So the more you're weak, the more that you have the propensity and the power and the grace to overcome. So if you 
Uh, here the word grace, it's not just God's unmerited favor. It's what? It is the divine power for what? For all of us. Grace is God's divine empowerment, enablement. So if you are in a situation, you can overcome. Why? Because God has enabled you. So grace is not just the unmerited favor of God. It's your power to say no to sin. Am I correct? Amen. But if you don't understand that grace is like this, and grace will have the, the will give you the strength to say no to sin, you will continue to live in sin. You know what you will do? Is that you will make promises. Hindi ko nagagawin to. Hindi na ako titingin. tumingin ako. You're in front of the, your, your computer, and you don't want, you promised yourself four years ago, I will not visit this site. How come you, you, you find yourself in that website? How come you find yourself fantasizing? How come you're, you're flipping magazines? How come I, I'll just go to book sale to check an encyclopedia? But at the back of your mind, I want to check an FHM. I mean, uh, it, it's your, your thing, magazine. Because you, you think, okay, uh, as long as I'm a good boy, I'm okay. No, you're, you need the grace of God. And when I came to know the Lord... I realize that God's grace is my divine empowerment. That I am enabled to overcome sin. I realize that grace is not just a license to sin. And I've encountered a lot of people. Because the grace of God, I can continue to do whatever I want to do. No. It is the power to say no to sin. A lot of people, they think that grace is something that I need to and I can abuse. No. When you understand the grace of God, that the grace of God has given us the power to say no to sin, you'll be forever changed. And in order for you to walk in that grace, you need to grow in faith. And faith is what? Is developed through the what? Hearing of? Of God's Word. This is why you're not just walking in God's grace, you're walking in God's truth. Psalm 119, verse 9 to 11, that I have hidden God's Word in my heart so that I will not sin against God. And the beauty of this is that in Romans 4, 16, it's written right there, that is why it depends on faith in order that a promise may rest on grace. What, 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 do you, what do I mean by this one? That it depends on faith in order that a promise may rest on grace. You need to constantly expose your heart in God's Word. That you allow and you accommodate God's Word in your heart. Apart from God's Word and you're walking uh, in grace, okay, everything will just be momentary. Because you don't, you don't desire for the Word of God to grow in your heart. Pastor, I don't have a desire. Walk in God's grace. He has given you the power to enjoy God's Word. A lot of us, we believe in the whole idea that God's Word is important. But do we allow God's Word to permeate our hearts? This is what the book of Psalms is, is telling us. That I have stored up your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. When you remove God's word, you're, you're simply saying, I want sin to come into my life. A lot of you here, the reason why you're struggling over and over again, paulit-ulit na yung kasalanan, wala kang salita ng Panginoon sa puso mo. You don't have God's word. Because that will tell you if, 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 if you're not, you're outside the will of God and God doesn't please you. We know God's word. We know God's truth. How many of you here believe that it's not it's not truth that keeps us from sin. We think that because of, I know the truth. I, I know the Bible. This will stop me from sinning against God. No, 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 no. It's not the truth that keeps us from sin. It's our what? It's our love for the truth. If you don't love God's Word, you'll be back in the same old boring routine. So more than just I'm reading my Bible, again, you're, 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 you're doing it legalistically. If you're reading your Bible, are you reading it with the grace of God. And some of you here are just flipping the Bible. <sighs> Quiet time na naman. You're struggling. It's an agony. And you're dragging yourself to church. Church na naman ako. Ayoko. You're fighting. Why? Because you, you're, you don't work in the grace of God. A lot of us here are like that. Everything that we're doing for Christ is, is our own effort. Remember, ladies and gentlemen, when you accepted the Lord in your heart, you are simply asked to walk in grace. That is how simple it is. The reason why it's complicated. Because again, we don't have God's Word in our hearts. This is why it is important that as we end this service, I want to pray for you, that God's Word will grow in your heart, that you will love God's Word. How many of you here, honestly, the day that you fell in love with somebody, you're, you're, you're just in love. When you're in love with, with, a, with an individual, everything is black and white. She's the only one colored. Huh? That's the kind of desire I want you to have 
when it comes to God's Word. Because I'm telling you right now, if you don't treasure God's Word in your heart, you are going to fault or you're going to sin. These are just practical things. But I want to remind you that there's no other way to do this but to walk in God's grace. This is why the third what practical advice I'm giving you is that you walk away from immoral situations. Walk away. Say the word walk away. In 1 Corinthians 6.18, this is what I did when I was tempted. Flee from sexual immorality. Every other sin a person commits is outside the body, but a sexually immoral person sins against what? Against his own body. The Word of God has been telling us, if you're reading your Bible, how many of you here are reading your Bible? Okay? If you're not, just raise your hand. Okay? Just a prophecy over yourself. I will read the Bible. Like that. And, 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 and if you're reading the Bible, you will encounter a lot of things that will tell you to stand your ground, to fight against the enemy. Can you? I don't know if you remember. But only in this area that you need to run away. All of us are strong. But if you're wise, you run away. I mean, haven't you given it a thought? The Bible says you fight back. But when it comes to immoral situations, flee, my friend. You don't have what it takes. Run. Forest, run. That, that's, that's what the Bible is telling us, okay? Some of you are not familiar, okay? You just have to run. Flee from it. And that's what I did. There was an urge. I ran away from it. I was spared from it. My question is, do you know how to run? Some of us here say, I'm just talking to this office mate of mine over, over lunch. And I begin to talk and you begin to connect. Oh, there's chemistry. But I don't want to commit any, any immoral acts. Um, wala, kang, wala kang sundo. Hatid na kita. Oh, balete tree, madilim. Park muna tayo, let's pray. Yung ganun, yung, yung. And, and you, 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 you have a good motive not to commit the act. And before you know it, you're, 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 you're doing it. So run. Don't trust yourself. Look at the person on your left. Tell the person, don't trust yourself. You are capable of doing a lot of things that's stupid and dumb. I'm telling you right now. Even in church, people approach me. I'm telling you right now, uh, Pastor, I'm, I'm, I'm depressed. Can I hug you? Can you pray for me? I mean, I, I don't, I, I, I'm not, I'm not, wow, I, 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 wow, I mean, come on out, lean on me when you're not strong. I'll be your friend. I'll help you carry on. I mean, that's from the Bible, in fact. No, 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 that's, that's a song, okay? I, it feels good to, for people to, to come to you and be prayed, but no, 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 this is, this is going to hurt me. Did I do something wrong? No. Did I take advantage of, of the person? No, she's the one who went. And There are a lot of reasons. But my question with right now, what kind of life you want to have 10 years down the road? What kind of marriage you want 10 years down the road? What kind of father or mother you want to be 10 years down the road? You have to decide. You have to draw the line. And lastly, walk in what? In accountability. The reason why we have victory groups, because we want accountability. We want to be connected with people. Pastor, this, this is not going to work for me. I, I, I'm not tempted. I'm too old. No. You can commit adultery in your heart. A lot of, of wives, okay, and a lot of husbands has, has meditated and they're guilty of this. How I wish I'm married to this guy. He's kind. He's loving. This guy, demonio. Yung, yung, you know, that's lust in a way. One thing, you're, you're trying to covet somebody's property. You don't have any idea. And this is why it's important when you struggle out of things, you don't have any idea of what accountability can do and how it can help you. And before I end with this one, I want you to understand that accountability is powerful. This is why in James chapter 5, verse 16, therefore confess your sins to one another and pray for one another. And I realized when I was struggling with pornography, and have, I'm struggling. It was not in the internet then when I was 16. It was through magazines. And the worst thing is that my parents allowed it because I'm a man. I'm a boy. They would, I would tell them, can I buy this? There's a new edition. Oh, go ahead. So I feel validated. Do you understand this? And this has been a struggle for about two years in my walk with God. And I'm so embarrassed to tell people about it. 
And somebody gave me and shared to me an illustration and sent me a letter that our lives are like stock rooms. How many of you here have stock rooms at home? May, may, just raise your hand. If you don't have one, just you'll have one someday. Okay, I have four at home. <laughs> okay, that's a lie. Okay, I, I, I don't have even my own room. My, my point is, biru lang. You know, stock rooms are, 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 are always dark. But when you turn it on, you see what rats and cockroaches flying. Right? Because the light has been turned on. Right? On, off. On, off. Okay? Good? Children? Some of you here are just, sige lang. No. <laughs> Please, I need your help here. Okay? I'm losing my hair. <laughs> okay? You're turning it on and off, right? When you turn it on, you see cockroaches and rats. And, and this is what this letter told me. I just want you to turn the lights on. Open your life. Be accountable to me. And from that day onwards, it was not the perfect solution. But I was set free. And my question with you right now is, do, do you think I still struggle with these things? Yes or no? Huh? Do you, still, do you think I struggle with these things? Yes or no? Huh? Yes? That's, yeah. Yeah. Yes or no? Yes. No? <laughs> of course, I struggle. I'm a human being. All of us has sexual drives are not from the devil. <laughs> the devil will give you sexual drives. It's from God. But if you don't do it according to God's plan, that's a misplaced agenda and you, you destroy your life. But I'm telling you right now, when you understand God's covenant to us and you apply that covenant with your spouse, you will enjoy more than just the physical union. You enjoy the connection. And I'm telling you, right, the physical union is just the bonus. The emotional connection is the best. See, if you're not married, wait for that right guy. Wait for that woman. You'd rather stay single than end up with the wrong person. Oh, God. <laughs> Hashtag. Okay? Ten. Okay? You'd rather end up with the wrong person. I'd rather, you'd rather stay single and end up with the wrong person. I mean, that's, that's what the Bible is telling us. Don't dive in the picture. That's not your life. In fact, if you're telling me right now, Pastor, I'm lonely and I need someone. Okay, to pacify my loneliness, you're getting it all wrong. If you're lonely and you find another person, remember, lonely person attracts lonely person. Yeah, you can't, you can't attract a king if you're not a queen. Come on. When you, you gather two lonely people, what will happen? Life is happy, right? No. You have lonely people, depression. Do you understand? <laughs> so if, if you're not satisfied with Christ, finding the right person will not, will not do the trick. So if you're telling me right now, if, if I'm married to this guy, you high school sweetheart, ko, you're, you're 97, you're high school, you still recall. And, and <laughs> Come on, that's the lie from the pit of hell. You can, you can okay, appreciate the very season and chapter you're in. The problem is not your partner or the, your longings or your desires. You know the problem? You have not guarded your heart. So this is what I want to tell you before you sleep tonight. That you meditate on this and memorize this. That above all else, above all else, your profession above that, your finances above that, your wife above that, your husband above that, your career above that, your dreams above that, your ministry, your church above that, above all else. Guard your heart, for everything you do flows from it. So when you guard your heart, everything will be influenced by it. If your heart is protected, that you have somebody you can be accountable with, that you're walking in the grace of God, and you're walking in God's truth, nothing can go wrong. I do pray that you will guard your heart, for it is the wellspring of life. Everything comes from it. Ladies and gentlemen, we go out of this room with the grace of God, and all of us can do this. Because you have Christ in your heart, the hope of glory. And if anyone is in Christ, he is a new. Let me use the word creature. You are a new creature. The old has gone. You're a different person. You are pure and holy for God's glory. Can we give God a glory for that?
I just ask the music team to join me here in front. Heavenly Father, thank you for tonight. As we start another week, thank you that our hearts, Lord God, are for your glory. Our eyes are for your glory. Our, all our bodies are for your glory. Lord, we are offering our bodies as living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is our act of worship to you. So with the hands that are lifted high, Lord, can we raise our hands? Lord, thank you for the grace that it has given us the power for a changed life. Can we just t- touch right now our heads right now? Lord, thank you. Can we touch our heads? Lord, thank you. Thou will meditate on what is pleasing, what is noble, what is praiseworthy, what is honorable, what is excellent to you. It will be for your glory, O oh God. Everything that comes into my thoughts, Lord God, it is for your glory. Can you touch your hearts right now, Lord, our hearts, Lord God? For it will be a vessel for your word. We will meditate your word. We will memorize your word. And our bodies, O oh God, are offered only to you. I don't have, oh God, I don't, I don't need a relationship. If you're single, I don't need a relationship to tell me I'm beautiful, that I'm loved, I'm accepted. You have accepted me, and that's it, Father. If you're married here, let God protect your marriage. Let God grant you the vision that your marriage will last the next 40, 50 years. That your marriage is not just for your own consumption. It is to bring glory to God. Your children's children will have a reason. Your mga anak nyo will have a reason. I can do this. I, I, will, I, will, I will find a mate. I will find a husband and a wife. And we will be together because of how you have decided to protect marriage. In fact, some of you here, before you sleep tonight, can you look up here, married people? I felt like saying this. If you're married, kung meron kayong mga anak, maliliit pa, or malaki man, sabihin niyo sa kanya, anak, I want to tell you loud and clear, hindi kami maghihiwalay ng tatay mo. If you're a father, I want you to take this responsibility. Hindi ko iwanan kayo. Hindi ko iwanan yung... Hindi kita iwanan. We're, we're in this together for long haul. If you're single, I want you to look forward telling your wife and your children, we would be in this together. Lord, thank you for the people that are in this room that you've given us the grace and the power to say no to ungodliness. Lord, we can and we will overcome in Jesus' name. We will and we can overcome. In Jesus' mighty name, amen and amen. Praise God.